You are listening to the Riverside Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at www.riversideconnect.org. Today I want to talk about courageous parenting. Parent courageously. Parenting is a scary endeavor. <laughs> Think about it. If, if you become a parent, you are guaranteed to have your heart broken. Right? Your, your heart will break when their little bodies break at some point. Your heart will break when their young hearts get broken. Your heart will break when they fly the coop and they move away. Your heart will break when their adult hearts get broken. And God forbid if they ever leave this earth before you, there is no greater heartbreak than that. So, Parenting is a dangerous endeavor, and you got to be courageous to be a parent. Amen. I, I you know, the first, the two overwhelming feelings that I had when my first daughter was born was this overwhelming sense of I can't believe I could fall in love with someone again like that. That was just overwhelming and instantaneous love for that baby. And then the second emotion was, oh my goodness, (laughs) we are responsible for this little life. So it takes courage to be a parent. And what I want to talk about today is how courageous parents can instill courage in their children. The theme verse for the message is Proverbs 22. It's a topical message. I'll be jumping around a little bit. But Proverbs 22, 6 says, Direct your children in the right path, and when they're older, they won't leave it. The message paraphrase of that is, Put your kids in the right direction so that when they're old, they won't be lost. And so the question I really want to ask is, if you were to define a win for parenting, how would you define that? How would you define your win if you're a parent and say, well, we won, we did a good job, or we we were a parent? And I I think the question basically is, what do you want most for your child? In what direction do you want to point them? In what direction do you want to point them? And, And today, I want to speak to the idea that I want my children to live courageously. I really do. There are many metrics by which I think we can define what courage is, but uh, for this message, I, I define a win as a child that grows up courageous enough to take the necessary risks to be loving, healthy, happy, self-supportive, generous, and continue to make a positive difference in the world by the power of Jesus Christ. For me, that's what a win is. And so I really am asking the big question is, what does a child need from parents in order to become a courageous adult? What does a child need from parents? I want to speak to three things today that I think parents need to be able to give their children so that, with, so that they can grow into this kind of, a, of an adult. And one is, I think, when they're little, I think a parent's responsibility is to give their kids confidence. And by the way, if you want to follow along in the Riverside app, you can find the notes there too. You can fill in the blanks and take notes. If you don't have that app, I encourage you to download it. I meant to say that earlier. So you want to give them confidence. There's a scripture in Ephesians that says this, fathers or parents, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and in the instruction of the Lord. Again, the paraphrase of that in the message is, fathers, 
Don't exasperate your children by coming down too hard on them. Take them by the hand and lead them in the way of the master. So exasperate. What does it mean to be exasperated? Have you ever been exasperated? Anybody ever been exasperated? Anybody exasperate you? Don't point to them if they're in the room. But we all know what it means to be exasperated. I think it, it, it means that, that, man, I'm frustrated, I'm irritated, I'm, I'm enraged, I'm, uh, that, that person drives me mad. So let me just ask you, and feel free to yell it out, how do parents exasperate their kids? What are some ways? Put them down. Come down too hard on them, like the scripture says. What else? How else can parents exasperate their children? Expect too much. All right. Okay. Good. Good. What else? Compare them to others. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that's a hard one. Yes. What else? Good answers. What else? Speak negatively. Be critical. Be overly strict, perhaps. How about to be too permissive, maybe, in, uh, uh, maybe not in the short term, but in the long term, I think absentee parents exasperate their children when they're not around for their kids, when they are too close and when they're too far away, both can exasperate, right, when they add too much. So, so all of these are ways that I think parents can exasperate their children. And what do you do when somebody exasperates you, right? You avoid them. You get frustrated. You rebel against them. Uh, and, and, and sometimes when I'm exasperated, I just want to give up. Another verse in Colossians says, parents, don't come down too hard on your children or you will crush their spirits. The NIV says, don't embitter your children. So how can a parent help instill confidence in a child? And I want to talk about two ways, I think. I think that as Christians, sometimes... We have a world view that the world is a scary place. We can't wait to escape it because Jesus is going to come back and rescue us. And in the meantime, we just need to hold firm, white-knuckled, let's just hide out, surround ourselves with people that are like us, go to church, insulate ourselves from the world because the world's a scary place. And we instill fear in our children. And there's this fear-based parenting, I think, that happens not just among a lot of Christians, but I think among a lot of people have this fear of the world, this view of the world that it's a scary place and we need to be, do everything to avoid it and keep our kids safe. And then there are faith-based parents. And faith-based parents have this view that, hey, the world is a needy place. It's a place that's broken, but it's a place that needs Jesus, and Jesus has called us and empowered us to make a difference in the world. So the difference between parents that instill confidence in their children is are they a faith-based parents or are they fear-based parents? And fear-based parents are all about protecting. Now, of course, our role is to protect our children. Everybody wants to protect their children. But when you're protecting your children goes to the point where you isolate and insulate them from the realities of the world and you instill within them this fear of others, you are damaging your child. You are not giving them confidence. You are giving them fear and they're going to have a worldview that is not Christ-like. And so we need to be careful about that. 
I love what Andy Stanley said. Years ago, before, when he was a youth pastor, we were youth pastors, I heard a, a, a tape recording of a message he gave. He talked about how, imagine if you were coaching a basketball team and all you ever did was teach them to play defense. You taught them how to protect the basket, how to keep the other people from scoring. All they're doing is learning how to keep the others from moving forward and to protect them, protect their goal. But you never taught them offense. You never taught them how to work together to make a score, to make baskets, to move forward, to do things in a, in, in a positive, moving forward, progressive fashion. And so imagine that you only teach them to play defense. And, yet, and then he made the comparison. He said, how many parents, all they do is teach their kids to be defensive? Well, you're a Christian, you don't do this, you don't do that, you shouldn't go here, you shouldn't go there. These people are bad, those people are no good, these people are going to hell, these people are that, da, 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 da. and you need to stay away from all of these things. Imagine if that's all you taught your kids. What kind of world view would they have and what kind of difference would they make in the world? You protect them, you... All they do is go to church, which is a fine thing. We want to make sure they do that. All they do is maybe go to a Christian school, which is a fine thing. That's not bad. But how prepared are they to interact with other people? And how prepared are they to go into the world and be courageous and strong? So faith-based versus fear-based parenting. I think we need to be parents who are faith-based. Another thing I think that you're going to hear a lot of in, in education, my wife's a teacher, my daughter's a teacher, and um, it's this idea of having, instilling within them a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. I touched on this a few weeks ago. Through decades of research, Dr. Carol Dweck, a Stanford University psychologist, found that people's beliefs about their intelligence differ. Some people believe that their intelligence and their abilities are unchangeable. In other words, um, you have a certain amount of intelligence and you can't do anything to change that. And she calls that a fixed mindset. Think about the phrase, well, I'm not a smart person. Or the statement indicates this fixed mindset. I, you know, uh, I, I'm not a math person. I can't do math. That's a fixed mindset because the person right then and there will never put the effort in to be able to learn some math concepts because, well, that's just not me. How many of us use those phrases? I, that's just not me. I'm not that person. I don't have this. And when we start thinking in those terms, we use that. It indicates a fixed mindset and it attributes our ability in math or whatever that, 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 that trait or ability is to an unchangeable quality. Others, she has found out, have a different mindset about intelligence and abilities. And some people believe that it is possible to grow your intelligence through effort. It's called a growth mindset. Think about the phrase, math was really confusing at first, but I studied all year long and I understand it a lot better now. That indicates a growth mindset, a person who's willing to, to dig in deep and put the effort in to learn. Here's what she says, and I put this quote up there for you, and it's in your notes. If parents want to give their children a gift, she says, the best thing they can do is to teach their children to love challenges, to be intrigued by mistakes, to enjoy effort, to keep on learning. That way, their children don't have to be slaves of praise. 
They will have a lifelong way to build and repair their own confidence. That phrase, slaves of praise, we're all about praising our kids. You're so smart. You're really good at that. And praise is good to a degree, but her proposition is don't praise their accomplishments, praise their efforts. You did well on that. You must have worked hard at that. You must have studied that. Praise children for their effort, not for their smarts. And if you want to know more about this, I encourage you to uh, look into Growth Mindset. A website where I got this information from is called MindsetWorks.com. And, um, and I think that it talks, there's some tips there about parents, how parents can instill a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset in the kids. And I don't have time to go into that right now. But it's about, it's about praising their efforts. And when they fail, hey, is there another strategy? Is there another way? What did you learn from that? Take them as their failures and not, not criticize them or punish them, but make them learning experiences and help them to grow constantly through all the experiences in life. And uh, my daughters talk a lot about uh, when they were kids, how I used to challenge them to do things that they didn't like to do or they didn't know how to do. And uh, I would do that by tell them that, hey, if, if, you can, if you can ride this bike, then you're going to be a member of the Wild Ones Club. You're going to be a wild one. And that, 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 that challenge out there for them, I want to be a wild one, when got them to keep pedaling and trying and getting out there. And when they get it done good work, you're a wild one. And, and I did that throughout every experience. And I should have done it better, should have done it more. But, but uh, you know, when, when it was time to drive a stick, come on, you could do this. Well, that was a hard thing to learn, right? Learning to drive in a standard. I mean, they didn't know how to, they were driving with my stick shift and driving on a hill. And you know how that works. So, hey, you're a wild one, you can do it. And they, they said that when they would go to college, when they would get their first job, when they would have a speaking engagement, they would hear in their mind, hey, I can do this, I'm a wild one. And it was that idea of there's a challenge in front of them and I'm gonna rise to the occasion because I'm a wild one and I can learn that. So uh, in their college uh, uh, um, letters to applications in colleges and in jobs, they've talked about that. My wife teaches now, or my daughter teaches at UCSB and a course for master's uh, teachers, their first course. And she sent me a picture. I didn't put it up there because it was not clean enough, but a picture of a drawing she did when I taught her how to ski and how that learning to ski was, uh, how, how it all happened and how I took her out of school to do it. And, and, and in there she said, she had me quoting, and she said, and he said, I'm a wild one. And so I went and did it. And so I'm like, yes, growth mindset. Growth mindset. So, so parents, I think, need to instill courage into their children. And, uh, and in doing so, they need to be faith-based versus fear-based. They need to have a, instill a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. Parents, don't exasperate your children. Second thing I want to talk about is, as they are growing, give them courage and instill in them values. It goes on, the latter part of that verse is, uh, don't exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Well, what does that mean? Well, take them to church, yes. Put them in Sunday school, yes. 
Get them involved in youth group, yes. Let the professionals teach them, no. Parents, train your children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Parents, your role, your responsibility is to bring your children up in the faith. It is your role. We are here to help you. The church is here to assist you. You are the greatest influence in their life, not us. If they hear one thing in church and see something different in their parents, who do you think they're going to follow? Who do they think they're going to believe? Who do you think they're going to model their lives after? Your influence on them is far greater than anything a youth pastor, a, a Sunday school teacher, a, a children's pastor could ever be in their life. So, what does it mean in the training and instruction of the Lord? Um, let me just put a few verses out there for us and let us sort of dwell on them as I put them up there. First one is, how about if you teach them the golden rule? Right? That's a value. In everything, Jesus said, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Wow. Think about it. In every situation, put yourself in the other person's shoes and treat them the way you would want to be treated if you were in their shoes. How many things would be different if people behaved that way? How much of what we're experiencing in our culture today would be different if people had that primary value? Jesus said, going on, you must love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind. That's the first and greatest commandment. And the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commands. Love God, love others. That's the basic value of ethical humanity. Jesus went on even further and said, you heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that you may be what? Children of your Father in heaven. So if you only love people who are like you and you hate those people who are unlike you, and we've heard a lot of that over this past week, haven't we? then you are not a child of your Father in heaven. If all you can do is love people who love you back, you are not a child of your Father in heaven. Hear that. Hear that. Micah 6, eight. He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, to walk humbly with your God. These are the values that parents must instill in their kids. Another verse from Proverbs, our, our young adult ministry, The Table, unpacked this this Tuesday night after the weekend's events the previous weekend. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Ensure justice for those being crushed. Speak up for the poor and the helpless and see that they get justice. These are the values of scripture 
that we who claim to be followers of Christ must instill into our children. But you know what? You gotta get it here before you can give it there. You gotta have it in you so that they see it modeled in your life. They experience it because you know what? Values are caught more than they are taught. They will catch your prejudices. They will catch your racism. They will catch your bigotry more than they will hear. Don't do that. And anybody who spews that kind of hatred, anybody who spews that kind of garbage and says that it's okay, isn't a child of the Father, isn't a child of God. And I want you to hear that. And I want you to hear it with all the boldness that I'm trying to say it. Because we as the church must stand up for what's right. We must stand up for what's true, what's scriptural, what's biblical. And we must instill that into our children. My granddaughter is turning two years old in a couple of weeks and she plays in a park next to her building in Brooklyn. There are kids of all different races, all different religions, all different colors. Do you think she looks at them and says, they're not good, they're bad, they're evil, they're going to hell, they're worthless? Absolutely not. Children aren't born that way. They're taught it. So parents, we have a responsibility to be better than that, to teach them otherwise. It's quiet in here. Anybody want to say amen? amen. See? So when they're little, give them confidence. When they're growing, instill in them values. And here's the third thing I want to touch on before we end. And the band's going to come up in just a couple minutes. But when they're leaving, give them wings. Give them wings. Give them, and that's hard. Two of the toughest days we ever had. And I still get choked up thinking about it. Is when we dropped them off at Messiah College. Angela, three years later, Bethany. The first year we drove back with Bethany in the car. All three of us were crying the whole way home. We dropped... Bethany off and Teresa and I cry the whole way home. <laughs> takes courage. Takes courage to let your kids go. But we knew that was the day that they were officially kicked out of the nest, right? Not kicked out. <laughs> we didn't kick them out, but they flew the nest. We, we knew they would never live from then on full time under our roof again. When I think about what that's like, I have to think about the model of Christ. When the disciples went and huddled together after he was crucified, Peter says, let's go back fishing. Let's go back to the old life. Let's go back to Galilee. Let's get out of this mess here in Jerusalem. It's a scary place. They're coming after us next. And Jesus appeared to them. And he breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. I'm sending you. Wait, wait, wait here. Pray. I'm going to send you another gift. I'm going to send you the Spirit. You're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And when that Spirit comes upon you, the Scripture says, and you can put them up there, the Scripture says, I'm going to send you to the ends of the earth. To the ends of the earth. 
I think Christ didn't want his followers to just huddle and hide. He wanted them to go out with a sense of calling and mission on their lives to help change the world for the goodness of Jesus Christ. Parents. Sometimes we parents are enablers. Right? We, we enable bad behavior. We enable dysfunction. We coddle. We excuse their bad behavior. We, we, we take the blame. I'm the bad parent. It's all my fault. We become this codependent parent. Sometimes we, in doing so, when we enable our kids, we clip their wings. Jesus doesn't enable us to hide out. Jesus doesn't enable us to be afraid. Jesus doesn't enable us to be people who look at the world and say, oh no. He empowers us to see the world and say, oh yes. There's a mandate, there's a mission, there's a calling, there's a world that needs Christ. And we have good news to share. And if we don't go, who will? Are we going to let the people that spread bad news be the biggest voices? Or are we going to step up with the good news of Jesus Christ? That God loves you. God cares about you. God died for you. He sent his son to let you know how valuable you are. And he has a calling on your life. And he loves all people. And he died for all people. God so loved white American Christians that he sent his only begotten son. No. God so loved the world. Black, white, yellow, Muslim, Christian, atheist. He loved the world that he sent his only son into the world to demonstrate to the world that he loved them so much that he died for them. Folks, can you tell I'm passionate about this? I look at these two people sitting down here and I'm saying their parents did something right. They showed them that the world's not a scary place. They lived before them in a way that demonstrated to them that people of faith are people that take risks. That people of faith are people that believe that God has called them to make a positive difference in the world. I remember when Kelly's father in Indonesia, when the tsunami hit, and hundreds of thousands of people, I forget how many, were killed. And the island they were living on, Java, had some of the greatest damage, and then a neighboring island. And Jeff went there. And he got embedded with the, 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 uh, the rescue teams, the American rescue teams, the, the Air Force and the others, because he could interpret. And he was there. He didn't, he didn't say, I'm afraid of these Muslims who would kill me any other day. I'm going to go and help rescue them and show them that God loves them. I'm going I'm to I'm help be a part of the people that save these people from this devastating destruction because they're human beings and God cares about them whether they know God or not the way I know God. And I look now here. She says, I want to go back. I want to go back. Tim, I want to go there. Yeah, I'll leave my family, I'll leave my home, I'll leave my country, I'll leave everything I know and familiar with because I'm in love <laughs> and I'm going to love these people. Folks, 
I think that parenting is a scary, dangerous endeavor, and it takes courage to be a parent. And believe me, there are no perfect parents. We've made mistakes. We've all made mistakes. But I want my kids to be courageous. And I think you do too. I want to pray. I'm going to ask the band to come as we pray. And I was kind of wondering, how do I pray after a message like this? What is it that, that we should be praying for? I think we want to pray for our kids, right? I don't want to pray for parents. So I want to pray for parents that they will be faith-based and not fear-based, right? That they'll instill a growth mindset and not a fixed mindset. I want to pray for parents that they will help kids to rise up, to be courageous, to empower them, not just enable them. And to be honest, I want to pray for our country. I really want to pray for our country too. Because we need, we need people of faith to set the example. People of true faith, not people who claim to be Christians and use that to uh, justify their racist, Nazi, white supremacist views. That's, that's the most revolting thing about that is they claim to be Christians. That's, that's just so revolting to me. Because that's nothing. That is nothing like Christ. Let's pray. Lord, you hear our prayers. You hear our cries. I pray for parents all around this room right now who have young ones, God, that they, that they would be courageous, that they would instill confidence in their children, that they would and, and praise their, their, their efforts and help them to rise to challenges and learn from their mistakes and help them to be people of faith and not guided by fear. Lord, when a time comes that they they're need to be out on their own and they need to go forth, that they would send them forth with their approval and their support. Because kids always need their parents no matter how old they are. They still need their parents. They were born with this incredible need for their parents to love them and they never outgrow that. So God, I pray for parents. Forgive us for the mistakes we make. Forgive us for the things that we wish we could have done better. We can't go back and do things over, but God, help us to even begin now to to be the kind of parent that you want us to be. And really, that's the parent that you are to us, our heavenly parent. Pray for children, God, that they would be courageous. They would rise up. They would see and we, their church and their parents, what it means to have value, to instill values in them, to see that the deepest value of all is to love others as Christ loves us. God, I pray for our country because our country has those values. Our country believes in those things. I pray, God, that we would rise up to the values 
that this country is founded upon. Forgive us, God, for being persuaded by voices of hatred and voices of... And, and you know, it's, we're all susceptible to it because that's, what's, that's what we watch. It's what we consume. It's what we, it's what we feed our brains with. That's what sells. That's what gets people to buy the, to sell their advertisements. Forgive us, God. Help us to see through the manipulation that we are getting from all kinds of media sources, social media especially. Help us, God to be smarter, wiser, truer. Reflections of who you are. Thank you for listening to the Riverside Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at www.riversideconnect.org.